Sometimes the best way to understand our society and culture is to take a deep dive to find our peace of mind. So uh, we're here for another episode of Peace of Mind. Uh, this is episode 84. Uh, free speech. So uh, to start things off, uh, there's been uh, quite a few things happening uh, within the past week or so where <laughs> Elon has bought Twitter and I don't think that's necessarily the beginning point to the conversation of free speech. I think the conversation of free speech has started for quite some time uh, with, with what's been going on with the pandemic and with our current financial crisis and a lot of other problems that we're dealing with. Um, but I feel like the, the, the crucial foundation to start upon is what is free speech? What exactly does that mean here in this country? Absolutely. And like, the reason I was inspired about this with Elon Musk buying Twitter was because, so you have Twitter something where it has been described of as, um, it's meant to feel like a living room where everyone is able to engage in conversation. And, uh, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it feels really inflammatory and sometimes it feels like the opposite of that it feels like something's very curated and people get kicked off of it and as much as i hate you know i don't uh, as much as i dislike donald trump and i dislike a lot of other people that have been kicked off of it um kicking people off because of what they say is technically a violation of free speech but how do you how do you how do you define what free speech actually is because free speech if everybody has an equal voice, then everybody has the ability to use the platform with their entire voice. But if you're looking at it from more of a, less of a um, equality and more of an equity standpoint, where it's like raising people up who are lower and then also equalizing, you know, rather than giving the people who already have a big mouthpiece, like uh, our big voice, a big mouthpiece, giving like making it more level, then you're not. then you do need to dampen down the neo-Nazis who are <laughs> uh, trying to bogart Twitter. Like they already have a huge voice. These are very privileged middle, you know, like privileged white boys who decided Hitler was cool. And, and uh, it's awful. They're awful. It's an awful well, demographic. <laughs> I think also, um, also important point is the first amendment. Okay where uh, I, I read an article and, and kind of to sum this up is Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the peace, people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, which is Got in it. the First Amendment. Yes. It it clearly standpoints a simple idea is you can practice your own faith, your own belief. However, 
even as it constitutes, even at, 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 as it's written, there are rules that apply. So you make an excellent point is if you make a place, if you make a place free and you say there is no rules, it's you're free. You can do what you please. Right, exactly. And that's, but what, if your freedom limits other people's ability to speak, is it as viable? Who is that? Podcast. <laughs> um, Welcome guest. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> pause one second. I'm going to try to pause. It's kind of hard to do that. But yeah. Um, so uh, while Eli's away, I do want to uh, mention that the first pointer is that the five freedoms is to protect, of course, speech, religion, press, and assembly. Today's podcast is sponsored by Authority Car Mods, a mod shop which I personally use for all my car needs, from my custom modifications to my vehicle general maintenance, tire repair, and discount pricing. These guys do great work, and their prices are literally killing the competition. Located here in South Florida, in West Coral Springs, right off the Sample Road exit, not only are they super accessible, but open late nights with appointments. So don't wait. Follow them on Instagram at authority underscore car underscore mods, or call their office line, which is 954 798 one six zero two and book your spot now and the right to petition the government together these five guaranteed freedoms make the people of the united states of america the freest in the world so again the five freedoms it protects is speech religion press and assembly those are the five things okay Within those demographics, who's to say that th there's no limits? There has to be boundaries. Right. Well, there has to be boundaries. Well, and, that, and that's kind of the thing where it's like, um, that's kind of been the old debate of like the queer community and Christianity, right? Because you have like the queer Christianity being like, you know, gay people are sinning by existing and queer people are sinning by existing and uh, like, and they've put us against them. And then you have like queer people saying like, and they're saying like, we have a right to our belief, but their belief is inherently something that's oppressing other people. And them speaking on their belief is inherently something that's oppressing other people. So, and then when you, you know, so do you define the ability to practice your belief something is it limited once it gets outside of yourself, once it touches somebody else? I feel in many ways as people, we need to remember to respect each other for our indifferences, but not to force upon our opinions on others. And clearly stating the obvious is where if you believe in something, 
doesn't mean that somebody else is going to believe the same things as you. You need to do what's right for your community, not what's right for yourself. Right. Well, but also it's like, if what, you know, like this is kind of calling, calling back to like, you know, talking about people who have inclinations to do very bad things. Um, yes. If they're following their belief system and they're, you know, killing or eating or graping people like are, is that, are they still allowed to practice those beliefs? Those beliefs are uh, like inherently oppressing other people and hurting other people, but that's their belief system. In the same way with freedom of speech, it's like if you're saying things that are violent or inflammatory or um, that are against a certain marginalized community or any community, hate speech. What defines hate speech? Because that gets so sensitive too. Because when you... If you count it in terms of like, you know, racism, homophobia, misogyny, all the kind of traditional ones, by limiting people saying that, like you have people who are neo-Nazis, you have the sort of proud boy jerks who are like, yes, this is limiting my free speech. And it, it is in a sense. But is it... So... To, to, like our, to, to put it to put it in a way is if you you as a person are wishing harm upon others okay even if that's your belief system if you believe that you are the superior race whenever you reach a point where it can cause affliction or harm or pain on others that's where the line crosses and you say no you can't do this it's because you're you're hurting people right. yeah but they're but they're black well we don't give two shits that they're black you're hurting these people that have families just like you do have kids just like you do they have jobs just like you do so i guess to point a phrase that's where the limit that's where the line is crossed yeah no absolutely and that's and that's the thing it's like when you have like when you affect when as soon as you're your beliefs, your speech, your actions affect other people's lives in a tangible way. That means that it's no longer just something that's yours. That's something that affects everybody around you. And I think that does need to be limited or not, or at least like uh, analyzed. But at the same time, then you have people who come back at that in the same way where they're like, well, that's oppressing me. So saying my inability to oppress, you know, if you have a person from group A saying like, you know, Group B is bad. And then group B is like, that's hate speech. Group A should not be able to say that we're bad. And then group A can come back and say, well, you're oppressing me. I'm being oppressed now by not being able to criticize group B. And that's where we have a lot of like Donald Trump supporters, for example, where people are saying like, you know, the, the whole like arguments against like the liberal snowflakes or whatever, um, you know, clearly. <laughs> um, but like, you know, like where you have a lot of these sort of more right-wing people who are like saying that like them being limited on how they are able to speak about people that they disagree with and they don't support is oppressing them. I mean, so an important thing to keep in mind is that the First Amendment is neither left-wing or right-wing. Okay. Right. This makes very clear. Yeah, it can be used to, to use to push for a social or a political change. 
or to oppose a change. The First Amendment is for everyone. And you make a great point is where it's not about the left. It's not about the right. It's about a clear denomination of we are all a part of this country. Okay. We all work shitty jobs. We all have shitty taxes we don't want to pay. There's a lot of crap we all have to deal with. Why is it when it comes to a person speaking their minds? Oh, he's 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 a Republican. He's a Republican. No, he's a Democrat. Oh, no, no, no. Don't listen to it. What does that have to do with what does it have to do with anything? It has nothing to do. It's not about the label. It's about what the label signifies. Correct. It has nothing to do with the label. The label only exists because you need because you need a category for certain behaviors and mentalities. You're not saying people are bad because they're Republicans or Democrats or whatever. Like the badness doesn't come inherently in the in the label. It's that label signifies this type of behavior. A person who identifies as a neo-Nazi is going to behave a certain way because they're a neo-Nazi and they're going to have certain belief systems because they identify as a neo-Nazi. Somebody who, when you claim a label, whatever it is, whether it's like queer or, or like, you know, anarchist or artist or whatever, I'm just saying for myself, like you also, when you claim that label and you identify as that label, you I, you also invite all the things that that label means to not just yourself, but to society. And so if you're identifying as a Republican or a Democrat, then you're also identifying with what those things signify and mean on a social and cultural level. And I so that's why people. I don't I, I'm a very strong believer of I don't think there's such a thing as a person that's 100 percent Republican or 100 percent Democrat or, you know, um, liberal or conservative. I think all people are a mixture of each piece of the pie. And when it comes to when it comes to general values, when it comes to societal norms, when it comes to daily lifestyles, the lives that we're all trying to live, it it's not about a political war. It's not about whose side is who. It's about, again, the line that we do not cross and about what is right for our our community, not for you, not for you. There's got to be. Yeah. Well, but but that's not. No, it's like, I don't think it has with like that label, but it's like, or like people being one thing or another. But like when you say right-wing or conservative, it can be assumed, unless somebody specifies that they identify as like a libertarian or a fiscal conservative but social liberal, because the thing is that distinction is very important. Um, it's, it can be assumed that a person who identifies as a Republican will probably be more in the Christian demographic, will probably be white, Will probably and that's not obviously it's not everybody, but this is most of it. No, this is, like, this is the general, yeah, yeah, the general variables of just the exactly. demographic of these people, yeah. Exactly, and so they and, and they will also be anti-gay, and they will be more restrictive on women's reproductive rights, and so like those are not assumptions by stereotyping people; those are assumptions because being aligned with that political contingent is what it is what makes up that label. 
like the people being able- in the group, the people in the group. Yeah. Like those ways of thinking, anti-abortion, anti-gay marriage, uh, anti-interracial marriage, right. uh, things like that. Those are things that are cornerstones of conservative and Republican and right wing ways of thinking. So it's not saying I'm against these people. It's not like, you know, punks versus goths versus, you know, whatever. It's like, (laughs) this isn't like a social club. This is like something where literally the political group that you're part of is deciding whether or not other people have ability and agency over their bodies and their their lives. I feel like it's such a... is it a cruel joke to have a two-party system, especially in this country, because it kind of limits, I always say this, a liberal is not a Democrat, a conservative is not a Republican. Because if you say that you're conservative, and I've met many people that are conservatives and they're not Republicans in any shape or form, they're not against the gay community, they actually grew up with the gay community. You know, they're... and. I think that's, again, like the whole idea of if you look at free speech, it's in the name. It's within speech. It's the way that you're identifying yourself into these different groups is you're not telling people, oh, you know, um, this is my stance. You're telling people this is where I put my cards down. In a way. You are. You are telling people, this is where I put my cards down. That's why it's important what you identify with and what you don't identify with. And those cards, in some cases, especially when you're talking about politics, can mean life or death to other people. So, like, in the same way that, like, you know, when you talk about, when we're talking about, like, you know, Elon Musk and, and the rise of neo Nazis on Twitter again, um, and having to corral that and having to like limit what they're able to post and stuff, and whether or not he's going to like filter that and kick people off and blah blah blah. Now that he's a king of Twitter, um, like when, when you have that, it's like those people. If you're talking about true free speech, with anybody being able to say anything, they should be able to have that say that on that platform in the same way that anyone who has a more uh, liberal or radical perspective should be able to speak as well. But that means that you're essentially giving a platform to people who are speaking hate speech and who are inherently trying to eliminate certain groups of people from the planet. It's a great idea of creating a town center. Yeah. I love love that idea, but that's what it's supposed That's what it's supposed to be. But when you have a rotten apple, okay, in the batch, it's going to cause problems. And, you know, I, I I do agree with this idea of having an open platform for social media, allowing people like me, uh, like we're, we're doing, being able to be more, you know, be more open, be more creative. But at the same time, And I know people don't like hearing this, but we do need limitations. We do need to be able to say to ourselves, okay, this is where the, this is where we stop pouring the water. That's it. 
that's it. We cannot go any further. It's it, it, it It's, it's just going to overflow. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, something I think is a really interesting, this is a little bit not deeper, but like just to get more specific about Elon Musk and Twitter. Um, there, there is at least one person who's trolling Twitter and trolling Elon Musk as Elon Musk and saying oh. things like, I yes. drink my own. Yes. <laughs> well, you want oh, to read? Yes, I will. It's like such a, it's, it's, I'm not like, oh yes, everyone should like bully Elon Musk or whatever, but like, I think it is a really wonderful karma and like karmic retribution. And also just kind of a funny thing where it's like, yes, when you take, when you take all of the guidelines off and you take all of the rules off, that also means that you can become the victim of the bullying. It means even if you own, even if you like own the platform itself, a 40 you can billion be the dollar platform, uh, 40 billion, uh, $40 billion. $40 billion. Yes. Even if you own the $40 billion platform, you can become a victim of the bullying on the $40 billion platform. Being the king doesn't mean you can't get made fun of. <laughs> uh, so I'll read you what the post said. Uh, Elon Musk at uh, Richard Summer uh, replies, says, this isn't funny, uh, comma, guys, sad face. So the fake account uh, originally posted Elon Musk at, at Chris Warcraft. Um, there is nothing better than waking up and enjoying a fresh steaming cup of my own urine. Such a tangy way to start the day. And it's scientifically proven to help brain cells grow. If you want to be like me, drink your pee. <laughs> it's so funny. but what's it. I it's such a good troll because yes, it is. at it, the photo is the same. The name is the same. And both of them have the blue star next to them. Like it's an approved account <laughs> that, and he's, and you know, and unless you look at the actual handle, you would might actually think it's him. And I wonder if there's going to be like a trend of that, of people just doing that kind of trolling him because he's done this and he's put himself in such a vulnerable position now. You can't really buy clout. Everyone, you know, like, I think that's kind of what he's trying to do. The Twitter games yeah, have like begun. Have a conversation. I think he's trying to buy a seat at the table rather than get welcomed to the table. You know, unlike <laughs> money doesn't buy popularity. Money buys influence. And like, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. I don't think he. I. I don't think that primarily the only reason why he bought Twitter is for money. And I say this because if no, you he bought it for clout. I don't think it was for money at all. He's gonna lose money on it. I think he bought it for clout. I think he really. I mean, okay, look at his history in terms of like who he's dated, where he goes, the things he does, what he talks about in his social life. He's like one of the only business people who actually actively talks about his social life and has sort of more of like a Hollywood. He's like, he's like a wannabe Hollywood bad boy. I mean, when, when Johnny Amber Heard broke up, he dated Amber Heard and then he married Grimes and had two kids with her. Like he's, he's trying to be like the bad guy, the bad or the yeah, bad, but like the bad you know, like the, I'm the tech bro, but I'm also like a bad boy. I'm I mean, like, I can, I can see that because like he went on the Joe Rogan podcast and he smoked weed on the Joe yeah. Rogan podcast. And that's so like, 
People have made memes of that for years now. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like the greatest thing that came out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I was like, he's really, really trying really hard to be cool. And I think that's why he bought Twitter. It's like, think of like, um, like a Richie Rich kind of character, like a child billionaire buying a theme park so that all the people come fly there. It doesn't mean that they want to hang out with him. They just want to go to the theme park. And I feel kind of bad for him in a sense, because I feel like he's probably very deeply lonely. <laughs> like he might be the most rich and powerful person on the planet in a financial uh, way, but I also don't think he has very many close friends. <laughs> And I think that this is sort of one of those, it's sort of a Kanye move. I don't look, I, I don't think the problem is Twitter. I don't think the problem is him buying Twitter. I think the, the bigger issue over here is we have reached a point in society as to where we say, where is it enough? You know, where do we, again, like I said earlier, where do we, we cross that line because we're going to get to a point where if we keep, I'm, I'm, this is my personal opinion. If we keep on going in the direction we're going, we're going to be fine with people murdering people who say, Hey, you know, they're helping cleaning up the streets because they're murdering people. That's yeah. the most fucked up shit I've ever heard of. But in 30 years, that might be an actual reality in this country or other parts of, of the world. We don't know. another that'll be yeah no i know know what you're saying um i think that's an aspect of it but i also think that like the irony of a private investor or private a private person having to buy something that's supposed to be a public platform to make it a free platform again is kind of a weird like that's a weird conundrum like social conundrum where it's like Where it is, I don't know. I just got a notification about Elon Musk news, but I can't open it because it's going to close everything that we're doing. Yeah, we're not gonna. Yeah, we're not gonna. I found it. I was just like, what? (laughs) Um, So what happens with that later? But no, I mean, I think it's just really interesting place that we are in in the world in society where it's like, and I again, I'm not saying I don't necessarily think it is good to have a space where everybody can say everything because I think that that does lead to hate speech and violence and oppression of people who are already oppressed. Right. I want to talk about with that though, is also you have like, so when you think about, I talk to people a lot about like confidence and like when you don't like when you don't have a lot of confidence, it takes a lot of confidence. It it takes a lot of a longer time to be able to say the thing that you're really thinking or feeling and want to express. And to do, um, so when you are somebody who might be from a marginalized group or like you, you know, are aesthetically not as like, you know, you're not as like conventionally attractive or you're not as successful or whatever, whatever thing makes you feel less than like, you're going to have to overcome so many battles to be able to even find your own voice, let alone feel like you have the ability to take that voice and use it. And so there are so many hurdles for somebody from a marginalized group or like an otherized group to get to the point of even saying something on social media, like Twitter 
versus like the proud boys who are just like these dumb rich white boys who are or, or whatever different classes but these white dudes who are just like yeah white power like that's like literally those are people whose voices have been reinforced since birth and so they have a lot less hurdles to have that voice but you still so you still platform. not really an equal platform because that's the whole thing there's a really great um i'll find this image and we can reference it later but like there's this whole there's a there's a cartoon that was made like uh probably a decade ago it's about equality versus equity and it's this image of three people watching a uh, baseball game and in it you have each of these three people is of a different height and so equality is each of them getting uh one box it's all the same size so each of them is elevated you know a foot or whatever but it means the tall person can see the middle height person still can't see over it, and the small person is in the middle of the fence so equity is about equalizing the playing field not just leveling it but like equalizing it so lifting up those who have been oppressed for longer so the the visual metaphor for that is taking the three people of three different like differing heights and giving them three different platforms that are the equal like equalize their height so it's a different thing so it, like basically it gives the person who's the shortest the tallest box person who's medium the medium box and then the tallest person the shortest box because they don't need a bigger platform to be able to see over the top and that's the difference where when you're talking about limiting voices that are people who are already like the majority or already on top, it's not really limiting their voices in the same way that it is limiting people's voices who have had to fight to have a voice in the first place. I think the, I think you make an excellent point. And I just wanted to add where if you take this idea a person that wants to share their craft with the world, they have a lot more opportunities now yes. to get their stuff out there. I mean, you know, we're 13 years apart. When I was growing up as a kid, a lot of what we can do now did not exist. Okay. And I'm not that old. I'm 24. Uh, when you were growing up as a kid, majority of this stuff I grew up with did not exist either. Um, I love where we are with social media now. I love where it's we amazing. are with like, TikTok, the ability to make all these different videos. I feel like I've been waiting my entire life to be able to have these kinds of accessibility in these platforms. Like, I wish that I was 13 years old doing this right now. I wish I, you know, it's like, there's, there's so much, this is what I've always wanted to be able to do. And it's really cool because now we actually can do it. And it really is a great equalizer because literally all you need is like a phone, you, you know, iPhone or Android that can handle the apps and that's it. You don't even need to buy it all at once. They just release it now. And that is all you need to be able to create whatever kind of content you want. You can download all the free different things that yeah. like allow you to add photos and the videos. But you said you said well, like you said also with the, the minorities. I've seen so many indigenous tribes that have music or crafts and they share them online. It's yes. amazing. I've seen cultures I would never think in a million years I could see. Well, and you know what's so cool about it too, with this being this great equalizer by just having like a phone and recording your, your neighbors and stuff. It's is amazing. Like, well, I know, but like what, let's see, what's so cool about it too is the perspective is not that, is, you're not viewing it through like a neo-colonialist or white person lens anymore because it used to be the, the only way that you saw it, like extremely like, you know, uh, reclusive tribes in certain countries or whatever is if you had some camera person from like a westernized country go there and videotape it and then bring it back to the world in a documentary. There were so many steps before being able to just like learn about new cultures 
And now literally these people have phones. They still live in like villages where they build like, you know, like huts and, and houses and stuff, but they're like, they're making like food out of like, you know, or like they're making like, you know, like clay hair wraps and things, but it's like, now they're videotaping each other. They're recording each other. See, I'm aging myself. I'm saying videotape because it's not video anymore. It's not, there's no it's tape. not an actual videotape. Yeah, I know. I feel old too. I know. <laughs> I'm like, that's not even like the right term anymore. But like, no. you have people, you know, this is like this person who happens to be like 20 years old with an iPhone recording their neighbor who's like 97. So you get this perspective from this little, like, you know, like tiny little, like, tribal community like and it's not something that is going through the filter of white man's gaze or white man's camera it's so great because it's really truly giving a voice to the people who are from that community not not looking at it through like a like if you if you take it to a step further you know a lot of people that had peaceful protests but way back in the day now they're able to do it in a much easier way they're able to um, come together about a conflict and work on it together, create a campaign online, get people involved in the community, be able to run. Yeah. Like, it's just. We'll refer, yeah. So you might be too young for this, but do you remember Arab Spring? No. Do you remember the Occupy movement? No. I'm old. Um, so, <laughs> so the Occupy movement, do you remember, like, do you remember, have you ever heard of Occupy Wall Street? Vaguely. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little backstory. So, um, Occupy Wall Street was the first, the the very first global organized, almost strictly through social media protest movement, and it was in I think 2000. I want to say it was 2012 or 2011. I have to, I'll double check that. Um, but it was either 2011 or 2012, and it was some happened with wall street is initially it's what people who are like you know like fighting the banks in on wall you know in wall street and then it just metastasized and it went global and you had you know occupy uh alaska occupy we had a, there was a huge contingent in chicago and i was i was not as big of a part of it as some of my friends were a lot of my friends were, were like at the core organizing group of that i was not because i was at the time working on an anti uh coal industry documentary and so i did not i didn't i just was like this is i was a little bit on the i was like on the fringe of it so i'd like go to some of the organizing meetings but i was not there doing the general assembly every like you know every uh night or whatever because they did that literally every night there were literally people camping out like they had encampments in every like every major city some small town in like almost every country in the world. And it was the first time that you truly had a global movement that was organized through social media, hashtag occupy, whatever, Occup you know, like, and that was really cool. <laughs> Sorry, again, I apologize and sick. Um, but before that we had um, the one that was the very first one that was like broadcast through social media was Arab Spring. So that was something that was like a uh, revolution that was happening in the Middle East and they hashtag Arab Spring. And that was something that brought global recognition and like a viewership to what was going on in real time. It was, so a lot of the time with like protest movements and any sort of like uh, anything that's uh, like organizing, political organizing and stuff, you have, again, you have this sort of like spectator viewership where it's like do a documentarian comes down there with their camera and they're viewing it and they're watching it and recording it. And this time you have people with smartphones videotaping 
all of this stuff. You can find this on my page. If you go deep dive on my page, you can find videos of Occupy Wall Street from like 2012 and like that I that I took over that. And I was not one of the core people, but like I knew the core people that were at like the center of that stuff. And it was really interesting because like that whole thing was moved was moved through social media because it was the first time that you didn't have a filtered description of what was going on. And that's what's so interesting and so important about like, you know, uh, camera phones and social media, because it's no longer something where it has to be processed by through a gatekeeper or through a system of gatekeepers or an industry. It's something that is like directly from like the horse's mouth, so to speak. The person's the person who's experiencing it gets to tell you about their experience directly and what that experience means. So, the it allows, the- so it allows people when you have free speech to really get the message out. You know, because yes. there's no, there's no, there's nobody holding you back. You have the camera, you have it in your hand and you can literally go record right now. Oh yeah. Like, we're, we're, I mean, it's still not a perfect system as, which no, is it's why not. Right? but uh, it's, it's getting better all the time. And I think it's really cool and powerful that we're able to do it at all. But we didn't, we couldn't do that a long time ago. Like when I was in college, I did, I was, you know, I, I have a, I have a degree in writing and photography. And when I was in college, I did a lot of documentary photography and after college too, in my early twenties of, uh, protest movements. And I worked with like green force action network and, uh, 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 some Greenpeace and like forest ethics and friends of the earth and, and uh, some was like Leveho and Carol and other organizations. And I would like photograph. I was actually, on the short film that I was uh, doing like makeup and styling for today, I was working with another documentarian who um, we had worked together like 15 years ago. And it was so fun because now we're both in LA doing like art department and like more like, the, or, or like, you know, styling and stuff. And it's just really fun. Cause it's like, it's like a whole, like whole different world is reuniting, but like, we would, you would have people who were designated photographers for events and things. And, now everybody's doing it it used to be this kind of thing where you had to have access to this good camera you had to have editing software you had to have a computer that could accommodate that you had to have hard drives that could back everything up you had to do you know and then you had to email it to people so there was all this like process of making your way through all these different like systems to be able to get the message out there and then once it was out there you didn't have a whole lot of ability to say like ability over or like a whole lot uh, control over what the message was, what how it was phrased, what was said, because it was still you submitting your thing to this bigger thing. You're a part of a bigger thing. You're never just the person doing it. And now you have the ability to shoot, to speak, to like to upload, to do sound design, to like you know to analyze to every single thing. You can be literally the writer, director, actor, producer like cinematographer, uh, like sound person, editing, everything, every single thing comes back to you now because you have everything you could possibly need to do that in your hand. And that is an extremely powerful place in the world to be. I think that's the message of free speech. I think that free speech has evolved over time. And I think due to the internet and its incredible speed and vast, it's gotten big. Um, free speech has become more of a real thing. More people are able to speak out than they've ever been able to. And I mean, this has been uh, this has been a really, really incredible conversation. 
you know, just kind of getting into the nitty gritty of this beautiful country. So, yes. That's very cool to see everything evolve. And what's also really cool is just how things let like something that's been really, really powerful that I've seen just in my, in my, you know, mid thirties, like, is like seeing on TikTok people talking about having ADHD or having autism or having, you know, like, uh, like, like all the different, all these different things that were like these taboo things to talk about, or maybe you talk about like one friend or whatever, like you didn't open up about things. And now there's entire, like, if you can navigate the algorithms, right, your entire channel and entire feed is just all information that you want about the things that you are either interested in doing, um, or that you are, or that you need support with. And there are so many people that are using whatever tools they have in their capacity to help others through social media and through like through having this sort of unabridged, unfiltered internet. <laughs> it's great. It's amazing. And like this is there's so much support and beauty to the internet and to the ability that we can you could just we can create whatever content we want. But within that, you'll still get kicked off of, you know, TikTok if you say certain words or if you have certain types of of content and stuff. And so I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with having guidelines. I think that guidelines allow us to focus on the more important things. I mean, I think that like, I don't want to say that wrong for, well, I mean, I don't, don't want to put a moral thing on it. I think that to create, nurture and facilitate as much dynamic conversation as we can and as much information sharing and true support and, and camaraderie as we can and community building. I think that we have to have guidelines because it allows us to figure out how to treat each other, but it also allows us to focus on the message rather than rebelling against the guidelines. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Like if, others, if, if all you're doing is fighting the inflammation, then you're not focusing on the beauty that's already there. No, you're not. You're and there's not being, so much there. There is. You know, being able to see what you're able to accomplish and what you're able to do. You're just fighting with something that you cannot win. You sometimes just have to work with what you have. And being able to accept that sometimes it's just good enough for now. It'll get better. But you have to... But for the first time ever in history, we all have the same ability to get out there in the world. Yes, we do. So this has been a uh, peace of mind. Uh, hope you all enjoyed and uh, we'll catch you in another episode sometime in the future. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway. Oh, before I forget, uh, we are officially on TikTok. Um, we're posting videos every single day. So be sure to check out that. And we also have our YouTube channel back up. So if you want to check out some cool videos, do that. And of course, we have our wonderful host, Eli. Um, be sure to check out the social links in the description box. Well, yes. And she also right. make and Eli also makes rat pillows. So be sure to check that out bags and tons of other things underland creations LLC that's launching on the 17th and yes. uh we're launching on the 18th on 11 18 but um yeah here's a wrap
be sure to check out uh, with more of what Eli's up to and uh, stay tuned. <laughs>